Welcome once again, everyone, to a Baseball America podcast, along with Aaron Fitt. I'm John Manuel. They said the third time is the charm, Aaron. So this will be the third time we're trying to record this right bracket chat. We'll just dive right into it. You're in California. I'm in North Carolina. So I hope everyone bears with the connection. It sounds great to us. But Aaron, you're going to get to see, we'll just start right off. You're going to get to see the regional that everyone's talking about. You're in Orange County. You're going to see Cal State Fulton's bracket uh, regional. You're going to see UC Irvine's regional. We're going to start off talking about UC Irvine's regional. But, I mean, how excited are you to be out there for that? Uh, for the regional that everyone's talking about, you've been planning to go out there all along. Were you even more excited when you saw that Irvine had the regional to end all regionals? Oh, absolutely I was. And, you know, I know that the other day, anyone, anyone who listened to our, our first uh, gut reaction podcast probably picked up a lot of rage about how <laughs> about how much uh, Irvine and Virginia in particular uh, got the shaft here. But uh, on a selfish note, yeah, I'm excited about it. I mean, uh, this is this is a great field. I mean, the, the first matchup, I think, San Diego State against Virginia is probably uh, the marquee matchup of this entire weekend anywhere in the country because you've got Steven Strasburg uh, going against a really good Virginia offense. And this will be Strasburg's first ever regional appearance, and uh, I, I can tell you there's a lot of anticipation about that. And then, of course, you've got Irvine, you know, the number one team in the nation, has been number one for the last six weeks, going against the defending national champions, Fresno State. That's a great first day. You're not going to do better than that anywhere. I don't think any regional is doing better than that anywhere, Aaron. So let's, let's dive right into that regional. I mean, uh, how do you handicap this? I mean... The Anteaters, as a reward for six straight, as, as a reward for 13, 14 weeks of just excellence, 14 weeks of consistent excellence, of always winning series, of dominating the Big West, they get dropped to a number six national seed, despite really a good non-conference schedule. And, and not only that, but they see, I, I think, the most, maybe not the best four seed, but the most dangerous four seed right now. And Fresno, that beat... I mean, not a good, one, they won a, a Western Athletic Conference that wasn't necessarily good this year, but that was deep and that was balanced. We've been the seventh-place team as a first-round pick on it in Tim Wheeler uh, at Sacramento State. But the rest of that league was pretty pretty tough, pretty balanced. Uh, they had to sweep Sa- Sacramento State just to make the conference tournament. Then they come back out of the loser's bracket, I believe, to win the conference tournament. Yeah. Um, Obviously, Fresno State had some major mojo last year. A lot of the same characters are back. Uh, not all of them, especially on the mound, but Danny Muno is back. Alan Amati is back. Tommy Mendonca, uh, the, the college baseball version of Greg Nettles, is back. Um, this is uh, about as dangerous, probably, as a four seed as there is in the whole tournament. Again, not as good, but as dangerous. Uh, how does Irvine combat Fresno State, and what does Fresno State have uh, to come back at, at Irvine, what chances does Fresno have of re- replaying last year's fourth seed magic? Well, here's here's the interesting thing is is I think because Irvine got such a dangerous four seed, uh, they gotta probably gotta throw Daniel Babona in that first game. Which uh, you know if they got a if they got a, a lighter four seed, you know if they were playing Marist or maybe even Utah, uh, you know like like the other the top two national seeds are, then maybe they could hold Daniel Babona for that second game. Um, but, uh, but you can't, I don't think you can overlook Fresno. I think you gotta throw your ace. Uh, Fresno especially is, is, is a really, is a, is still a good, talented offensive club. They're short on the mound, but they can swing the bats. Uh, so, you know, if Irvine throws Babona, I like their chances because he's really, really good. Um, but, uh, 
the thing about the, about this regional for Irvine is there's such a small margin for error because this team is is not very deep on the mound. Uh, they've won every weekend series this year because they've got two really good pitchers with with, with Babona and Christian Bergman, uh, and a third guy, Crosby Slot, has been pretty darn good. Uh, he's you know he's been kind of the surprise guy for them. Um, but uh, beyond that, you know, if they, if they fall into the losers bracket, I don't think this is a team that's built to, to make a run through the losers bracket. Um, you know, it's not to say that they that they won't scrap and compete. You know, from that perspective, maybe you know you never know. I'm, I'm not going to write them off if they lose their first game, but it's going to be a lot more difficult. Um, so that first that first game is absolutely critical. I mean, Fresno, if they fall into the losers bracket, I'm not going to write Fresno off. That's for sure, uh, because they've made a, a living out of running through the losers bracket. They did. I think they won four straight elimination games in the WAC tournament, uh, including two in the championship round against New Mexico State. Where they were down seven to four after seven innings, uh, you know, and then they came back and won that game, and then they, uh, then they broke a tie late in this in, in the decisive game. So Fresno is just so good at that stuff, and the way that they swing the bats, uh, they could make a run if they if they lose that opener. And then talking about teams that can make a run, I mean Virginia just got done beating North Carolina, Clemson, Duke. Obviously not in any order. I'm, I'm out of order there. Beating two uh, number one seeds and hosts in North Carolina and Clemson, a Duke team that might have been on our board, maybe number 65. You know, definitely bubble team uh, as far as uh, you know regionals, and then uh, and then beating Florida State, another number one, and they get they just get done doing all that, and their reward is uh, to have to go out here and play in this uh, group of death. Uh, you know, Virginia could make a run. It wouldn't st- anything out of any of the teams in this uh, field wouldn't surprise me. For, correct me if I'm wrong, though, Aaron. Virginia's the best offense in this field in this in this regional, correct? Or is that yes, they are. I mean, Virginia's offense, uh, as, as, we, as we, we mentioned a lot, I think, on the college blog this week. They, they're they're really good. I mean, they they they're balanced. They've got power more than usual, especially Jared Parker's had a great offensive year. Uh, they've got you know some other guys who can hit occasional home runs like Dan Grovad and John Hicks and Franco Valdez. Um, but they've got speed. Um, they've got athleticism. They've got tough outs down the lineup. It's a deep order. Really good offensive team. Just a complete offensive team. Um, and you know they've got they've. Their, their pitching, I don't think, is as good as it has been in in, in some some of the last few years uh, when Virginia's made some had some good seasons. But um, you know, Andrew Caraway is, is a quality senior, pitched pretty well this past week. They got a good freshman lefty, Daniel Danny Holson. Um, Matt Packer is such a versatile left-hander; they can shift him around to different roles. I like their bullpen now, the way it's shaped up with Kevin Arico back there and a, a good righty setting him up in Tyler Wilson. I mean, if they can win that first game. I think they'll win this regional, um, but yeah, they're going against Steven Strasburg. I mean, you have to you have to give the Aztecs the the advantage in that game. Um, even though I think if there's a team out there that can that can maybe beat Strasburg, maybe it's Virginia, which knocked around Alex White last week. Alex White's not as good as Strasburg, but he was throwing 97 miles an hour, and they and they punished him. So they're not going to back down from premium velocity. Uh, that said. How can you bet against Steven Strasburg? Yeah, you know, the only way you can bet against Steven Strasburg is that everybody, nobody's perfect. And uh, one time along the, you know, there are very few pitchers that have gone through a college season undefeated. Aaron Heilman, I remember as a guy, went 15-0. and Jeff Neiman went 17-0. and But hey, uh, Michigan beat uh, David Price. 
Uh, Mark Pryor lost a game that year, I believe, uh, in 2001. So even the best, especially when the opponents have metal bats, can lose. So I, uh, this is a very tough uh, region, regional handicap. I really honestly think, though, they Aaron, that Irvine and Virginia are, to me, a big step ahead of the other two teams in terms of talent, uh, in terms of the whole package. I think those two teams are the best teams, the, the two best teams in this regional. And even though it's tough, I'm picking the Anteaters to win this regional. Who are you picking? I've gone back and forth on this one. Uh, you know, I've even considered taking San Diego State because if they win that first game, which you have to imagine they probably will. I'm not saying they definitely will. I think Virginia's got a chance. But, uh, you know, then all of a sudden you only got to win two more games. They've got a good number two guy in Tyler Levine. I think he's he can match up with that, that Anteater offense. So I toyed with the idea of, of, of picking San Diego State. But uh, in the end, you know, I think I like Irvine also. Um Again, and this was this was the toughest one for me. I, I really want, I kind of wanted to put this one off until the end because I think I was just going to decide on the fly. But uh, Irvine has just been so good this year, so consistent. They're so experienced. They've got all those seniors in the lineup and the guys who who can skill it up. But uh, just a really the offense is not an explosive offense, uh, but it's it's a deep, dangerous offense of 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 experienced veteran hitters, line drive guys. They can swing the bats. I mean, they may not hit a lot of home runs, but um, they're well-suited for their ballpark. I mean, I guess Virginia's well-suited for that ballpark, too, because uh, their their home park is, is kind of like the, the East Coast version of, of any other ballpark. But, um, you know, so <laughs> I'm just rambling around in circles here, John. I can see this going <laughs> any different direction, but I'm going to take the Anteaters. Yeah, and I, honestly, if I had a little few more guts, and I mean of the intestinal fortitude variety, not of the I'm overweight variety, I think I would pick Virginia because I actually think Virginia is going to beat Steven Strasburg on Friday. I will throw that out there. I think Virginia will get the bat on the ball and beat Steven Strasburg. Um, I, it, this ain't Bucknell they're facing, though. <laughs> it's just Steven Strasburg. Uh, but I think Virginia is going to get that done. I think Virginia's got some pretty good mojo. And if there's ever a time where Virginia's going to win a regional, uh, I think it's going to be, uh, well, it'll probably be next year. <laughs> I think Virginia can do that this year, too. I, I'm, I've already penciled Virginia into my 2010 Omaha bracket. But the the whole problem here is that I think UC Irvine is too good. I think Virginia was a team that's primed to win a regional. They're red hot. And uh, they've played pretty well against a good competition. Not great, but pretty well. They've been competitive in most of those series. And I think, like you said, them going to a West Coast regional actually suits them very well as far as their playing style. But, uh, you know, I, I, I just think that Irvine is better. Nothing against Virginia or Fresno or San Diego State. And boy, if San Diego, if Strasburg loses a game, look for San Diego State to get two and Q. Uh, I think that team will not uh, will not bounce back from that. But uh, just a great regional, and it's a really a shame in some ways that all four of those teams have to be there. I'm very excited for us that we'll have you and uh, of course our bird dog, bird dog, Dave Perkin at that uh, regional. So it's the Baseball America podcast. I'm John Manuel. He is Aaron Fit. All right, moving on to the next bracket. Again, we, uh, we're jumping around a little bit here, but we wanted to start off there with that Irvine bracket. Uh, it's just so strong. Let's talk about the other bracket that you are attending live this weekend, the other regional you're attending live. I keep saying bracket. 
at the regional you're attending. That's Cal State. Fullerton is the two seed, four, uh, two national seed. Fullerton is the one and the host with Georgia Southern, Gonzaga, Utah. Aaron, once upon a time, uh, back before uh, even back before I covered college baseball, Fullerton did not even have a home field. It could it could host a regional at. They had to go on the road all the time. Uh, they used to go to, to Baton Rouge and, and win some regionals on occasion. They would uh, basically have regional will, will travel for Fullerton. And then uh, in 99, I think they hosted a regional and then had to go on the road for a super where they went to Ohio State and uh, won a super. So those days are, are in the past. Fullerton has uh, proven they can win regionals at home. They can win them on the road. They can win a super at home. They can win a super on the road. Uh, and Dave Serrano has taken uh, Fullerton to Omaha. Uh, he's taken Irvine to Omaha. He's pretty good. Uh, I think we know. Oh, no, he hasn't taken Fullerton to Omaha. What am I talking about? They lost last year in the Super. So he still has to show he can take uh, Fullerton to Omaha as the, as the head coach. But it really seems like Fullerton's a prohibitive fail, uh, favorite in this regional with Georgia Southern, Gonzaga, Utah. Any of those teams got a shot to knock off Fullerton? And if so, how? No, I don't think so. I don't think anyone's going to knock off the Titans. I, I just think the Titans are so strong, such a complete team in every facet. They're so good defensively. We know they don't beat themselves. Uh, they're so dangerous offensively and uh, and really explosive offensively. Um, from top to bottom, there are no easy outs. They do have a couple of mashers in the middle with, with Jared Clark and Chris Davis, uh, uh, great overall players like Christian Cologne and, uh, and Gary Brown. And I mean, it's, it's just such a dynamic team. I like, I think they're good enough on the mound. Clearly, that's not the strength of this team. Daniel Rankin is, is the best pitcher in this regional, uh, but, uh, you know, beyond him, I mean, they, they're relying on freshmen. And for the most part, Tyler Pill and Noe Ramirez, those guys have been really good. Uh, but, uh, you, you know, will those guys hold up? I think they probably will. Um, you know, I, 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 think, I think the Titans cruise through this regional. Is it fair, Aaron, to say that Fulton's the best defensive team in the country? I'm not necessarily in terms of fielding percentage, but just defensive efficiency. In your mind, are they the best defensive team out there? I think you can you can certainly make that case. Uh, you know, I haven't looked at the numbers, but as far as personnel and and um, and the, like you said, efficiency, coaching, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think they're they're right at the top of the list. They don't have they, don't, they only have 50 errors as a team. They don't have one player in double, double digits. I don't think there's one player you can look at and try to exploit for their team defensively. It's a uh, they're just so complete. Uh, the only thing I worry about a little bit with those guys is the bullpen, and that's you know where Nick Ramirez has been quite good, uh, kind of usurping Michael Morrison as the closer out there. But uh, this is a team that doesn't really have a glaring weakness unless when they play uh, Irvine, and then I think the weakness is just that Irvine might just be better. So uh, I think Irvine is better. So um, just amazing that uh, the seeds are flipped. Uh, I don't think Irvine should have been the six. Six. I don't think Florida should have been the six. I think both those teams would have been in my top four. Uh, national seeds. Uh, Gonzaga, I guess the other team we, we want to throw some kudos out to here. I mean, the other three teams are all good stories. Georgia Southern, a uh, program with a lot of tradition. Gonzaga, a program that's making a new tradition really there, uh, kind of capitalizing on the basketball basketball team's success and expanding their recruiting base. And then Utah with Bill Kinneberg just doing a great job and uh, getting that team through the uh, Mountain West. Cause you, How big of a shock is that that Utah is even here, Aaron? Oh, it's pretty surprising. I mean, I think the Mountain West was a good league this year, and, and um, you know, I, all year long we were talking about TCU and New Mexico with its offense, and um, certainly San Diego State we know about, and, and BYU, but, uh, you know, talking to Mountain West coaches this year, I kept hearing over and over again, boy, you know, 
Utah's a good team too. They're scrappy. They they played everybody tough in that league. You, know, you um, did say that to me one time, and I kind of poo pooed their team. And they even they even played Texas A and M really tough. I mean, they played everybody tough. You know, every everyone kept saying, "Don't overlook those guys." Uh, and they sure showed. They sure showed that they shouldn't be overlooked in that in that Mountain West tournament. I mean, that's uh, it's a great story. Just think how good they would have been this year. They could have had Stephen Fife back on the mound. That's you know, right. John Manuel Faye. But, I mean, they do have a couple of nice arms, obviously, and Jordan Wadcott, uh, Arizona Juco transfer. Uh, and then Brian Boudreaux is a, a solid senior who's a, kind of just a strike thrower guy. Uh, but a guy who had some success last year. He's a veteran of that league. Uh, they're, they're scrappy. And like you said, I just think kudos uh, deservingly so go out to uh, their head coach, Bill Kennenberg, for doing a great job there. Um, and then Georgia Southern, really the most offensive team in this uh, in this field. But I think they're going out there with teams that can really pitch and kind of skill it up a little bit. And I think it's a it's a tough matchup for Georgia Southern. Uh, yeah, so I, I think it's a, a difficult spot for them to go. Someone, but you pointed out also. I wanted to give you kudos on this, Aaron. You kept saying to people, "Hey, there are no two seeds in the West. East teams are going to have to get sent out to the West, uh, or Midwestern teams have to get sent out to the West to be the two seeds at Arizona State." Irvine and, uh, and Fullerton, and that's exactly what happened. We have a Midwestern team like Oral Roberts, and then uh, East Coast teams in Georgia Southern and Virginia shipped out West. Let's talk about the other regional. Uh, the winner of the Fullerton Regional will play the winner of the Louisville Regional in a Super. Louisville is the one seed. Middle Tennessee is the two. Vanderbilt is the three. Indiana is the four. Clear toss-up regional, Aaron. Uh, Got to feel like if Bryce Brent could, uh, hit, could pitch as well as he could hit, uh, that Middle Tennessee might be the favorite here, but uh, I just think it's wide open. And Aaron, I, I want to again give kudos to you for sticking with Indiana all year. You picked them in the preseason to win the Big Ten. They struggled in the Big East Big Ten challenge. They struggled right out of the gates. Uh, you saw them. You never bailed on them. You stuck with them all year, and they rewarded your uh, faith in them by winning the Big Ten tournament. So congratulations to you on that pick coming right and. Uh, does Indiana have a legitimate chance to win a regional now? Indiana is going to win a regional, John. They're going to win this regional. This is the regional, I think, where any one of these four teams, I think, could win it. It's the most wide-open regional. Um, we, certainly, we know Vanderbilt is dangerous. I mean, they, they reached the SEC tournament championships. Uh, we know Middle Tennessee is is an outstanding offensive team uh, with, with a couple of guys on the mound. You know, I mean, Bryce Prince is, is their best arm, too. Um, in addition to being a, a tremendous slugger, um, and we know Louisville has got a, a, a very good offensive club, uh, especially the two through six guys. I mean, some some good power hitters, not just Chris Dominguez with Phil Wonderlick, Wonderlick and Andrew Clark. I mean, uh, there's some good pitching in this in this regional. I mean, there's some really good left-handers, especially Justin Marks and, and Mike Miner. Uh, but but Indiana has the has the best arms of any of these teams for for my money. I mean, Eric Arnett's the best pitcher out of all these guys. And that's saying a lot because I know how good uh, Miner is. I know how good Marks is. But uh, uh, Eric Arnett is a, just a big physical right-hander. He's going to go deep into the ball game, throwing 94, 96 miles an hour. Um, I think he can beat these Louisville bats. Um, and, and then they've got a really good left-hander for the next game in Matt Bayshore, a guy that uh, we, we loved in the preseason, got off to a slow start, uh, came on strong down the stretch, pitched his best baseball uh, and, and a good third starter in Blake Monar. So they've got the pitching. They've got the bats. Josh Fegley, uh, a good power right-handed bat in the middle of that lineup, will, will give 
you know, could give those those left-handed pitchers uh, like Marks some trouble. Um, you know, they've got a good a good table setter in Evan Crawford and the outstanding freshman power bat in Alex Dickerson, um, and a bunch of guys around those guys who who don't give you anything. So. Uh, this team's playing with so much confidence. They really obliterated everybody in the Big Ten tournament. A good Big Ten, I might add. Um, I, I think I think Indiana is is, is primed uh, to keep it going this weekend. Yeah, I think you know it's going to be interesting because you look at their lineup. They actually you know they have some some balance with the righties and lefties, but like Dickerson, Kip Schutz, uh, Jared Saborin. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his name right. Uh, those th- those guys are all lefty backs, and then Fegley, uh, Brian Lambert. Uh, Evan Crawford, Jake, Dun- uh, Jake Dunning, those guys are the right-handed hitters. They really do have some balance. I think if you had to, you know, pick something that somebody to game plan, you're thinking it would be Fegley, uh, but really Dickerson's had just as good a year. Um, so you, you kind of, you know, they have a balanced offensive approach. So we'll see how they fare against Justin Marks. Uh, I think Vanderbilt has the talent to win this regional, Aaron. I don't think they will win it. They've been too inconsistent. They've They've only lost single games three times all year. Every other time they've lost a game, they've gone on a losing streak of at least two games. Uh, and especially a lot of those are some series sweeps uh, in conference, out of conference. They've just been a very streaky ball club. And, you know, they played Middle Tennessee State this year uh, at Middle Tennessee and got bombed 8 nothing. So, uh, obviously, there's a little familiarity there. Uh, they, they won the other game. Uh, they played two They played two games this year, and it was a 15-15 to uh, overall run differential, so they're probably sharing a flight, uh, you know, out of this regional, both flying out of Nashville, and, uh, well, I guess it's not really a flight. I, I don't think they're going to fly. Not like it's a flight, but uh, maybe they shared a bus. Uh, with these In this economy, Aaron, they really should, they should share a bus, uh, come out of the state of Tennessee together, but I think this is a great regional. This is the one I, I kind of wish that we could go to, uh, and I could see anything happen in, in this regional. If it's on TV, I know I'm going to try to, to, to you know, TiVo some of this so I can catch a little Bryce Brents uh, uh, before he uh, hopefully comes to play with Team USA this summer. I'm excited to see that guy. But I, I think I'm picking Louisville to win this regional. Uh, I just think it's very balanced. Uh, but I, I like Louisville's postseason experience, so I'm taking the Cardinals at home. Uh, the Tallahassee Regional, Aaron, Florida State, Georgia, Ohio State, and Marist. It's kind of like a Fiesta Bowl uh, you know, greatest hits or a Sugar Bowl greatest hits uh, regional here. Uh, where's Utah? They just should have thrown Utah in here as the four seed. It made it an all Sugar Bowl kind of kind of regional. Uh, <laughs> that would have been easily done. Just ship Maris out to Fullerton and send Utah here. Uh, that would that have been fun to do. But uh, Florida State, the the one seed in their ballpark, really, Aaron. It seems like they have as much of a home field advantage as any team in the country does. Can anyone go in there and knock off the Seminoles and win this regional? Yeah, it's not it's not out of the realm of possibility. Certainly, I mean. Uh, you know, we know Georgia's talented and deep, and um, but they also played poorly down the stretch, and 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 I I just don't like what I've seen from Georgia the last few weeks here, and 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 I know that they played better in the SEC tournament, but um, I'm really worried about them on the mound, especially Alex McCree and Trevor Holder haven't been the same guys. It sounds like they're going to start Justin Grimm in that opener, who's got a good arm, but uh, I think they're going to lose to Alice Wimmers in that first game, uh, the outstanding Ohio State ace, who's who's you know, I think he was, I don't know if he was Big Ten Pitcher of the Year or not, but he was right in the mix with Eric Arnett. Um, yeah, he, beat, he beat Miami this year. I mean, he's he's not going to back down. I, I like the Buckeyes in that first game, and, and I don't think Georgia's going to fight through the loser's bracket. I, I like Florida State in this regional. Uh, they're so good at home. They, they take good advantage of that short right field porch. 
Um, it's not a, as, as explosive an offense as they had a year ago, but it's a very good offense. Great leadoff man in Tyler Holt. Uh, some good hitters in the middle of the lineup like Jason Stidham and uh, Stuart Tapley and Mike McGee. I mean, it's, 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 a, it's, a good, it's a good offensive team, and I think they're good enough on the mound with Brian Bush and, and Sean Gilmartin. I don't think that they're great on the mound. I don't think they're going to get to Omaha. Uh, or, or, or certainly don't think they're going to win the College World Series. But, uh, but you know, I think they're good enough to win a regional. I agree, Aaron. I think Florida State also, uh, just a, this is a very offensive ball club, and I feel like this is the kind of, you know, the kind of club that plays great at home. And Florida State usually has those kind of teams that they're very well suited to their ballpark. Hey, look, they have a lot of stability in that coaching staff. They know exactly what they want out of players. And uh, Dad Gummit, Mike Martin, has just done a beautiful, beautiful job with that ball club this year. So, I say kudos to the Seminoles. I'm picking them to win it as well. Wouldn't be stunned to see Georgia go two and Q. Wouldn't be stunned if Georgia won the whole thing. I don't think Georgia knows what Georgia's going to do in this. Uh, they've lost 13 out of 17. And, uh, and I, I think that kind of uh, sliding back is going to – it's just hard to reverse that uh, when you're a team like that. That And, and they started to reverse it winning the first two games of the SEC tournament and then got bombed 16 to nothing with their ace, Alex McCree, on the mound, uh, who's obviously no longer their ace. So – uh, very disappointing, I think, finish for Georgia. And uh, I, I think we have to understand just how good Gordon Beckham was and just how much they missed Gordon Beckham and just how much they missed Joshua Fields. So those two guys were first-round picks for a reason, so it's hard to replace those guys. Uh, next regional down, the winner of the Florida State, the Tallahassee Regional, will play the Norman-Oklahoma Regional winner. That's Oklahoma as the number one seed and host. Arkansas, the two. Washington State, the three. Wichita State, the four. Aaron, uh, these these teams know each other very well. You have Wichita State coach Gene Stevenson, who's an Oklahoma alum. Granted, that was 40 years ago. Briefly took the Oklahoma job before going back to Wichita State. I think Wichita, Oklahoma, and Arkansas recruited recruit against each other an awful lot. And then Washington State played maybe, I think, all four of these teams actually this year. Um, and they played the, the, all three. Of the, the, I think they all played each other this year. So uh, it's kind of amazing. I think there's a lot of familiarity with these teams. Um, does that uh, negate Oklahoma's home field advantage, or do you think that Oklahoma being the home team and being the host and being as good as they've been this year still makes them the favorite? Oklahoma is still the favorite. And and Washington State, by the way, played at Arkansas to open the year and then played Oklahoma at home for four games and split those four games. Uh, They were swept at Arkansas in a a pretty close competitive series, but I don't think they played Wichita State. No, they did. But, uh, you know, this is, to me, this is a pretty compelling regional. I mean, um, you know, I, I think Oklahoma is the team to beat, and, and Oklahoma is the team I'm going to pick because they're so offensive and they're at home. And um, you know, pitching I, I think is a little bit of a question, uh, but they've got a great anchor, you know, in Andrew Doyle, and they've got a great guy at the back of the bullpen in Duke. Um, you know, that, that's a good place to start. I think they can fill it in in between. Uh, they're they're so good offensively. They got the Big 12 Player of the Year and JT Wise and a great shortstop and Brian Fernandez and and they and they they play good defense too. I mean, they're I think they're a very good balanced club. Um, I think Wichita has the best pitching in this in this group. And on the weekends, anyway, their top three guys uh, with Tim Kelly and the and the two outstanding freshmen and um, Blake Cooper and Charlie Lowell. Um, that, that's a good group. I mean, if they can they can stay out of losers bracket, they could win this thing. But I don't think that's going to happen. I just don't think, don't think they're offensive enough uh, to compete with Oklahoma. Uh, for me, Arkansas is the other team that I, th- I could see winning this regional. 
Um, I know that you probably, I think you're you're higher on Washington State than you are on Arkansas, but I still think Arkansas is as poorly as they played down the stretch. Uh, I still think they're dangerous, and uh, they did at least win a couple of games in the SEC tournament, beating a good Florida team twice. Uh, a tight loss to Georgia, two to one. Played a little bit better this last week. Maybe they're back on track. Um, you never know. Yeah, you know, you, you really don't with that team. I mean, their offense has kind of let them down in the second half, and then I think their pitching depth uh, is suspect. But if you keep, if you stay in the winner's bracket, you don't need a ton of pitching depth. And, uh, you know, they've got a great closer themselves and Steven Richards, and uh, you know, Keichel and Eibner have been pretty good for them. Uh, they've been pretty consistent all year, especially Keichel. Um, it keeps the ball in the ballpark. Uh, it's a... It's an intriguing, it's a pretty intriguing regional. This is one that I could definitely see anybody win. I think it's a wide open regional. I think it's one of the few where all four teams have a legitimate chance to win. I like Oklahoma as a favorite here, though, to advance, play Oklahoma, play Florida State. Uh, Aaron, right now you've got Fullerton and Indiana in a super regional. I'm going to guess you're taking the Titans there. Yes. Okay. And then you've got Florida State and Oklahoma in a regional, in a super regional, correct? That's right. I, I have that as well. I'm picking the Titans to beat Louisville in a super regional, and then I'm I'm picking Oklahoma to, to beat Florida State and get on to Omaha. That that's gonna be a diff. That'll be interesting. I wonder if Florida State, if they win their regional, if they just go nuclear with their uh, or it's pronounced nuclear. If they go nuclear with their super regional bid, because I gotta imagine the Florida State's case and Oklahoma's case for super regional hosting is pretty close. Um, I guess this year with the associate commissioner of the Big Twelve. Uh, running the committee, the Big 12 team is going to get the the, the nod there and, and host. Uh, yeah, I mean, Florida State, Oklahoma, Super Regional, who would you like in that? I like Oklahoma uh, at home, as I expect, expect they will be. They are the national seed. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, I think Oklahoma is just a, a better better club overall, too. I think they're more balanced. Um, I think both these teams are pretty offensive, and I think Oklahoma's got a little bit more on the mound and, and, I, and a little bit better defense, too. I agree. Now, I think you just hit on it. I think that's the difference maker for me. Oklahoma, the better defensive ball club. So we've already discussed the Irvine regional because we just wanted to get that. It's the best one. We wanted to get that one right off the bat. Uh, Aaron, the next regional, the, the winner of the Irvine regional will play uh, most likely at home. Uh, I, well, maybe it's not or Irvine. The winner of that regional plays the winner of the Oxford regional, which is Ole Miss is the one seed, Missouri the two, Western Kentucky three, Monmouth the four, this is kind of like uh, Ole Miss and Missouri are like the uh, they're like uh, mirrors of each other. Uh, first, both named after great rivers, of course, in the United States. Uh, <laughs> second of all, uh, both teams that have been to regionals very consistently lately, but have been uh, bridesmaids, not brides. Uh, I gotta think that Ole Miss is the one team with the biggest question mark almost in the whole tournament. If Scott Biddle can pitch, uh, no matter what the condition of his shoulder is, if he can pitch and be Scott Biddle. Even for an inning or two at a time, Ole Miss is extremely dangerous and, in my mind, a threat to win the whole thing. If they don't have Scott Biddle, it's almost like uh, they're it's like Linus without his blanket. They just aren't the same team. So, uh, uh, is that how you feel about the Rebels? Uh, what's your What's your take on this regional? You know, you're right. They're not the same team without him. But Fresno wasn't the same team without Tanner Shepherds either. I mean, I don't think anyone would have given. Fresno State a chance uh, in hell without Tanner Shepherds, who's clearly their best arm, and they won the national championship without him last year. I'm not saying that's necessarily going to happen in this case, John, but 
Uh, I do think Ole Miss has enough on the mound that they're that they're going to be okay without Biddle if he can't go. Uh, you know, I mean, they've got a great uh, sophomore left-handed ace in Drew Pomeranz, a guy with power stuff. Uh, Philip Irwin's been pretty consistent for them. Uh, they've got a guy in the back of the bullpen, uh, um, and, and, and Jake Morgan. I mean, it's 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 a still a pretty deep pitching staff, and I and I like the way those guys have pitched down the stretch. They've got Breck Buckvich in that mix as well as a, as a pretty solid starter. I mean, I, I think Ole Miss could win this thing even without Scott Biddle. Um, that said, I mean, it, this was a tough one for me. I, you know, I think I've got a, a couple of scribbles on my sheet here uh, looking at this regional because I had Missouri kind of penciled in. I think Missouri's a, a good team, a, a scrappy team, but um, I just don't know if they've got reliable pitching after Kyle Gibson. They've got a lot of arms, but I want a guy that, that I can lean on in a regional and after Kyle Gibson, they don't really have that guy, um, and their offense is just okay for me. I mean, I think the the the, the best offensive team in this regional certainly is Western Kentucky. Correct. Uh, and and I wouldn't be shocked to see the Hilltoppers bash their way through here. I mean, they've got some serious power with Wade Gaynor and Chad Krieger and Matt Hightower, and uh, I've got a great hitter in Matt Rice. I mean, this is certainly the most offensive team in this in this regional and. Um, you know, it, the problem is they're probably going to get matched up with, with Gibson in that first game, and I think that uh, uh, that's one of the guys out there who could who could keep their offense in check. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're Missouri, you sure can't throw Nick Tepish uh, at at Western Kentucky. He's given up 34 extra base hits this year, and as much as he's got great stuff, he's not located enough. And he's getting pounded at times this year, so I think they're going to have to throw Gibson. I'm still picking Missouri to win this one, Aaron, just because. Uh, I do think, even though Missouri ha- Mississippi has depth, I think that Biddle's the difference maker for them. I just think he just makes their whole team go. I'm not sure the rest of their pitchers are consistent enough for me uh, to like them uh, winning this. Even though as good as Irwin and Baker have been, and I think you nailed it as far as uh, Morgan out of the bullpen. It was really Morgan's emergence that allowed them to move Biddle into that weekend rotation. Uh, you know, Morgan's uh, just been outstanding. But uh, for me, I'm going to pick Missouri. They're not the most balanced team, but they've been hot. I think they've answered the what do you do when when uh, Kyle Gibson's on the mound with the uh, you know the the Johnny Holstaff approach that they've taken. I know they don't take it all the time, but this is the perfect setting for it, really. Uh, where opposing teams don't know you as well as Big Twelve teams know Missouri's guys and don't have scouting reports on all these guys, and you're seeing a guy for an inning at a time, and and there you go. I, I almost think that approach is the perfect approach to give to Western Kentucky. Um, a veteran team with more physical guys. So I- I'm picking Missouri. I, I think Tim Jamison, uh, this team got off to a terrible start, and they rallied late, and I promise I'll stop calling them Missouri because uh, I know that's being a poser. But uh, I- I- I'm picking the, I'm picking the Tigres here to, to win that regional, and, uh, and it's nothing against Ole Miss. I do think that Western Kentucky is a really interesting sleeper uh, or offensive. They could just really uh, get on a roll. And, uh, and get going offensively and not stop. And I think Ole Miss and Missouri's pitching depth questions, I think Mississippi does have depth, but they don't have a – I don't have another guy who really wants to – it's proven that he wants to step forward and take the ball. I mean, even Pomeranz has had his moments where he's backed up this year. So I, I think that Scott Biddle is there uh, as big an X factor, X factor as there is in the country. And uh, it sounds like he's not 100% healthy. So if he's not 100% healthy – I think Ole Miss is in trouble. Well, I'm going to take I'm going to take the Rebels because I think that 
uh, you know, Monmouth is is a solid Northeast Conference team. They got a couple of arms, but I suspect Ole Miss can probably throw uh, its number two guy in that game and save Pomeranz for the winner's bracket game. I just like the way that sets up for the Rebels. I like the fact that they're at home. Um, you know, it's the first time they're going to host a regional with the renovated ballpark. The fans are going to be nuts there. They're going to draw uh, yeah. 10,000 fans a game probably or 8,000 at least. Um, it's going to be a great atmosphere. I like the Rebels at home. Okay, certainly a good pick. I mean, certainly a, a pick to make. I think it's one of my first uh, upset picks where I've been picking a lot of chalk, so I had to go off the board uh, with somebody. Last two regionals to talk about, Aaron, Rice's regional and LSU's regional. First off, I think this is a joke that these two teams are set up to play each other in supers. That's just wrong. Rice did not get nearly enough respect for their season. Uh, the fact they had injuries throughout their pitching staff, never got swept. Uh, yeah, they finished second in Conference USA to East Carolina, but they did win the tournament. Uh, they're such a consistent program. I highly deserve the top eight national seed. I think you did as well. And I think LSU deserved better, really, than the number three national seed, uh, considering it won the SEC regular season and tournament, and the SEC gets eight bids, and yet that's not that's not better than Cal State Fullerton finishing second by five games in the Big West. Yeah. I mean, kind of a joke. <laughs> I mean, that's just outrageous it's just outrageous there's no other word for it it's just outrageous john i'm sorry you get me fired up again i'm not no, i'm not sorry i was trying to poke you with a red hot poker there by saying that so i mean it's it's it's, it's very tough you texas is as a number one seed is deserving i think you could have made the case for irvine as a one seed i think you could have made the case for lsu as the national number one seed i don't think cal state fullerton as good as they are and as good as i think they are should have been the two seeds being second in the Big West by five games. That to me is it, that's that's what it comes down to. If you finish second by a game or a half game or hell two games, then okay, the that's one thing. Made a difference. Five games. You finish second by five games in your own conference, a three bid league. It's not like it's the SEC or the Big Twelve or you know eight bid leagues. It's 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 it's, it's a three bid league, and you finish in second place by five games, and somehow you're the two national seed. You know, you I mean, know what? You know I like Fulton. You know I like their teams. But, you know, so you want to throw, okay, LSU lost series at home to Tennessee and uh, and Illinois. Fulton lost at home to Pacific. I mean, yeah. this, this is the best year Pacific's had. But what were they, 72-8 and eight lifetime against Pacific? They lost yeah. a series at home to Pacific. That should have been a backbreaker for Fulton being the number two or one national seed. And it turns out it's not. They lost three series this year, and two of them are, you know, series losses that you just kind of say, hey, you can't uh, no problem no no nothing wrong losing to, to TCU in a series and nothing wrong losing to UC Irvine in a series. But they lost three series. All three of them were at home this year. I don't see yeah. how that team, no matter how tough their non-conference schedule is, could be the number two seed. I'm not buying it. I really think Rice and LSU are going to be getting punished by being set up here in a super regional against each other. Yeah. Uh, that is. That's just wrong, to be honest with you, because both these teams should have been top eight nationals. And you know, if LSU had been the number one national seed, I think that would have been very acceptable. They lost two series at home, yeah. but they remade their team on the fly and, and didn't stumble again. Battled back, even where we dogged their pitching depth all year, they battled back through the losers bracket and the SEC tournament. Everything you could have asked of LSU, basically, they've done this year. I, I, I think it's a great coaching job by those guys. I mean, it's been three years of Palmineri going there, and they turn the team around in their second year. They go to Omaha, and this year, wire-to-wire, wire, lead the, uh, the Southeastern Conference, and then they win the tournament. That's that's doggone impressive. I'm, i got to say, as much as I like Palmineri, as much as I respect him, I thought it would take him longer to turn things around at LSU, but 
he has just done a tremendous job at Baton Rouge. Oh, no question. And this year is his best coaching job yet. And I thought last year he was, was certainly one of our very top finalists for Coach of the Year honors uh, after after guiding that team to that insane second-half run. But this year, to have the, the guts to, to pull the trigger you know, down the stretch on, on shifting your All-American shortstop to second base and your All-American second baseman to left field and sticking in a, a true freshman at short, I mean, to have the guts to make that move, you know, <laughs> it, it takes a lot, and, and, and it worked, you know, and, and I think LSU is, is the best team in this regional, John. Um, you know, I, I like Minnesota. I, I don't think they're going to back down, um, but, uh, you know, and, and Baylor we know is talented. I don't think they're as talented as we thought they were because a lot of those highly touted players just plain aren't as good as we expected them to be. Correct. Um, and Kendall Voles has not been nearly as good as, as we thought he would be after his dominant summer last year, and, and he started the season well, but he's, he's, his stuff has been down. He hasn't been overpowering people. Um, you know, the rest of those arms, Sean Tolleson and Craig Fritch, have not developed as, as you'd expect. And Logan Verrett's been up and down as a freshman. I mean, he's got a great arm, and he's going to have a bright future. But um, I, I just think that the upperclassmen in this group, the Dustin Dickersons and the Shaver Hansons and the Raynor Campbells, um, those guys haven't gotten it done for me. This team shouldn't be here, um, and I don't think they're going to show very well. I like LSU in this regional. I like LSU in this regional as well, and I'll be honest with you, Aaron. If, if uh, Minnesota had been in a different regional, I would have picked Minnesota and to win a lot of these. If Minnesota had been at Louisville, I would have picked the Gophers to win that one. Uh, honestly, if Minnesota had been like at Ole Miss, I'd pick them to win that one. Yeah. Honestly, I might have picked Minnesota if they'd been at Rice. Uh, I think I think Minnesota. I think a lot of teams are going to sleep on Minnesota, but LSU won't because they already lost a series at home to a Big Ten team this year. And yeah. their players are not going to sleep on the Gophers. Uh, I don't think Baylor will sleep on the Gophers either. But I, uh, you know, I, I think Baylor Baylor had a, a shred of a case for me because at least they played well in the Big 12 tournament. But to me, when you finish your regular season and you know you need to win a series on the road at Nebraska and you get swept by the worst team in the Big 12, they just shouldn't even have been in the discussion. I mean, yeah. that's no offense to their RPI, to the strong schedule they played, to anything. But they knew they had to win that series, and they didn't. I, honestly, what this is to me, Aaron, it's a massive indictment of the RPI. And the NCAA has got to reformulate this, that Auburn was even in the discussion, that Baylor and Oklahoma State get into the tournament, and that teams like Rhode Island – and uh, Eastern Illinois and Missouri State that try to schedule good teams do not have RPIs that show that they are good teams because yeah. it, it's criminal that those teams' RPIs are lower than Baylor's just because of where they're located. It doesn't make any sense that a team uh, – well, put it this way. It doesn't make any sense that a team like Irvine drops – like a rock in the RPI because they do what they're supposed to do and sweep UC Davis. I mean, yeah. what's is it their fault that UC Davis had a horrible year this year? I mean, how on earth is that their fault? And that, that is the reason, that late series is the reason that Irvine is a number six seed. Right. And I just, I, the RPI, I've been talking about the RPI in baseball for so long. I'm so tired of talking about it. If they can't figure out that it's broken right now when Virginia – had the number six or seven RPI or whatever it was, and yet they chose to ignore it. And they just that's, that's the part that doesn't make sense to me, John. If I, I mean, cut in here because yeah, that's, 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 
they 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 selectively decide what criterion what criteria they're going to 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 weight. It makes that's what makes no sense here. I mean, this whole process is broken. It's not just the RPI. The RPI is broken, but so is 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 the blind voting that they do. There's no accountability in that room, and so is the fact that they they just there's no there's no set standards out there. For, for how you get into the tournament. And, you know, I understand all Tim Weiser saying it's an art, it's not a science. I get that. But then how can you, you basically lean on the RPI when it's convenient and then completely ignore it when it's inconvenient? It makes no sense. No, Virginia was the number six team in the RPI. Uh, the official one was released uh, the other day. So, and looking at the official one, uh, you know, Georgia Tech's a four. I don't understand that. So, Georgia Tech's a four and Virginia's a six. And somehow Virginia is a two seed and gets shipped out to the West, and Georgia Tech is a is a one seed and a host. I mean, how does that square? How does you know how is Rice just eleventh? I don't understand that one. Miami's twelfth, and yet Miami's a two seed. Arkansas is thirteen; they're a two seed. I mean, so does the RPI matter or does it not? Uh, they don't. They can't decide. How on earth does Auburn at thirty three have a higher not, uh, RPI than Alabama at thirty five? Just because they they did beat Alabama head to head, but clearly Alabama was the better team. Uh, how do they explain Dallas Baptist at 36 not getting an at-large bid and Ohio State at 37 getting an at-large bid and Middle Tennessee, uh, I don't know, Oral Roberts at 39 getting a two-seed, but Dallas Baptist uh, being the uh, three high, spots higher RPI not getting into the tournament. I don't even think Dallas Baptist deserved to get in, but it's so broken. Uh, the fact that they don't acknowledge that the RPI is broken is the biggest problem to me. Honestly, I don't have as big a problem with the blind voting. You know, Aaron, I'll tell people that I voted for Barack Obama, but that's a blind vote. That's kind of a bedrock of democracy. Uh, in some ways, they should be more accountable with these kind of things. But, uh, you know, I think I, I see your point as far as in the room. You should it. know. I think if you're vouching for a, a team, maybe you should know who in the room you have to convince to give more information. But the bottom line is those committee members have to be more informed. And again, I keep coming back to the fact they think they're informed because of this RPI, and they're not. In fact, they're misinformed by the RPI, which is good at lining up teams within a geographic region and does a horse bleep job of lining up teams from different regions of the country. I, 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 I've been having this. I've been saying the same thing for 13 years, and my head hurts talking about it. My head just hurts talking about it, and it costs people their jobs. It, it costs kids. Uh, good experiences being student athletes. It cost those players at uh, Rhode Island. It cost those players at Missouri State. It cost those players at Eastern Illinois this year. Uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm beside myself with it. It's so uh, bad to see. That. I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw a little Tommy Heinsohn out there. That's how schmug these guys are. That they think the RPI is right when everyone else knows that it's wrong. So that's, that's how you get LSU set up with Rice and a super, potential super regional Aaron. Any chance that Rice loses this super region, loses its regional at home, I think Rice is going to cakewalk here, don't you? Well, I think Rice is going to win his regional. I'm not going to pick against Wayne Graham in the home regional, but uh, but yeah, there. I mean, this is this is not a cakewalk uh, okay. because for one thing, you know, I think the seeding might be a little bit backwards here. I think Sam Houston State probably looks to me more like a three seed and Xavier a four. I agree. Uh, so what that means is Kansas State maybe can can save A.J. Morris for its second game, I don't know that Rice should, should save its ace. I mean, I don't think you can look past Sam Houston State. Uh, 
that said, I, I expect that probably, you know, Rice and Kansas State both both win those games, and you got an AJ Morris Ryan Berry matchup between former high school teammates. Awesome, um, awesome tidbit. Yeah, so I mean that's Kansas State's dangerous to me. I mean, you know, I believe in those guys. I think that they're uh, they're a really complete team, a lot of team speed, good defense, uh, competitive at bats, and they've got the one of the best pitchers in the nation. So um, I could see point. Kansas State winning this thing. I don't see. I don't think the three or the four seed could win it, but Kansas State could win it. Uh, that said, Rice is just too good offensively. Um, they're too experienced. They have too much uh, stigma, you know, too much confidence. They have um, uh, aura, and they have those two those two strippers that uh, Kurt Schilling talked about. Uh, what do you say? It's aura and mystique. Mystique and aura. That's right. They have mystique and aura, and they aren't just two strippers down the lane. I think Rice does have uh, mystique and aura, and I think Kansas State is in its first regional ever. And yeah, they came through the Big Twelve, and they battled through that, and uh, and all those things. Uh, I think they will save A.J. Morris. I'll even just go out and say that Rice will probably win the first game, lose to A.J. Morris, and then come back and beat Kansas State twice uh, to win the regional. Uh, that's kind of how I see it going. Rice is exactly who we thought they were, a devastating offensive team. They might have the single best hitter in the country after Dustin Ackley and, and Rondone, their third baseman. Uh, boy, I think if I had to pick another player, if I were drafting, if I were doing a fantasy draft in college baseball, I think Ackley would be my number one player on my board, but I think Rendon would be number two uh, right there with Bryce Bent, Bryce Brents. Uh, anybody else in that discussion for you, Aaron? Well, you, if we're talking about uh, overall value, you know I'm going to take Brooks Raley in this discussion somewhere. Yeah, you uh, can have Brooks Raley. I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm so uh, – that is the number one, uh, number one evidence that you might need for Aaron Fitz's stubbornness is that he's going to bring up Brooks Raley in that discussion. Which is outstanding. I love Brooks Raley too, but uh, he's not Rendon and he's not uh, he's not, he's no Bryce Brents. But I'm just uh, I have Bryce Brents fever, and I don't know. Uh, I think the only cure is uh, seeing him with Team USA this summer and sure. a little bit of Cowboy. Well, I'm picking Rice. Uh, you're picking Rice. Rice LSU Super Regional, Aaron. Who do you like there? Uh, I like LSU, and you know it's it's tough. I think it could go either way. Uh, but uh, you know LSU is built to win a super regional. They've got two great pitchers in, in Anthony Renato um, and, and Lewis Coleman. They've got a great closer in Matty Ott. They've got a great offense. They're going to be at home. Uh, it's going to be loud. I mean, not that Rice is going to be intimidated by that atmosphere, but um, you know LSU is healthier on the mound. I mean, say what you want about Rice. They you know and give them a lot of credit for for having the season that they had uh, with with Ryan Berry and Mike Ojala. You know, missing large chunks of the year. Um, Barry pitched well last week. He threw a complete game, and he came back on short rest and got a save in the, in the finale of the Conference USA tournament. But um, neither of those guys, you know, we don't know if they're 100% healthy. And we know Mike Ojala is far from 100% healthy. Um, I, I like I like LSU here. I agree. So we're, we so our so my bracket has LSU, and I'm picking Irvine to beat Missouri in my uh, super regional. You got Irvine over Ole Miss. Yes. Okay. So we both have LSU. We both have Irvine. Setting up, setting up. By the way, a nice rematch of last year's Super Regional in Omaha between Irvine and LSU. I hadn't even thought about that. That's right. That would come in Omaha. Uh, then you got uh, who are we picking in Florida State, Oklahoma uh, uh, Super uh, Regional. Sooners. I think we both took the Sooners, didn't we? I think we did. We both took the Titans. So we're both saying Titans, Sooners, Eaters. Tigers on that bracket, 
Now, on the other half, I believe, uh, did we both say Texas? I got Texas A&M. Oh, that's, that's right. You do. Uh, that's right. You do. Um, I don't even remember who I picked on that Miami-Georgia uh, Tech Super Regional uh, to go to Omaha. Gut feel, I guess I'm picking Georgia Tech. I think you, I think you, I think you said Florida the other day, John. But I'm, I'm Did taking I say Georgia Florida Tech. the other day. I don't know. I'm not I positive. I, I didn't write Miami it down. To win that re- I thought I picked Miami to win that regional. Oh. Maybe it shows you how pick short Miami. my memory is. I don't have, I don't have what I had written down in front of me. But I don't think the winners of those regionals are winning the college series. I'll, I'll throw it out there that way. I think Florida's you. too young, um, and I think Texas would, uh, would be any of those clubs. Uh, then I th- Arizona State. I know you had Clemson. Uh, winning that super regional, I had Arizona State. Um, that winning that super, and then North Carolina. I think you had East Carolina. We both had North Carolina. I had South Carolina. I think we both would probably put North Carolina on the way to Omaha for the fourth straight year. Is that correct? Correct for me. So who's your national championship pick, Aaron? First oh, draft boy. here at this part of the show. Who's your national championship pick? I will tell you mine. I'll, st- I'll go ahead and start it off. Against some of my better judgment, I'm picking Arizona State to win the national championship this year. They've been so close the last couple of years. I thought Arizona State might have had the best team last year in some ways. They were a little short on the mound, but their lineup was so good. I think they psyched themselves out in that super regional and let Fresno's confidence and talent and hitting ability really get the best of them. But this year, with Josh Spence coming back, uh, with the scrappiness they have, I don't think that that team... Maybe has a sense of entitlement that last year's had, where they thought they just were going to get to Omaha, just walk in and go to Omaha. Um, and I just think Pat Murphy's due. I really do think he is. Uh, and I think with guys like Andy Stankiewicz and Josh Holiday there, I think they've, they've gelled it a little bit as a staff. Uh, and the bottom line is, I, I think I think Murph is going to get it done. Uh, so I'm taking Arizona State in a year that's been a down year for the Pac-10. I think Mike Leake and Josh Spence get it done and bring the Pac-10 its third national championship in four years. So I'm picking Arizona State. I'm going a little bit off my own board. I think that the really – I honestly think Irvine is the best team. And if I had to pick another team after that, I think the LSU would be the next. But I mean, if I'm, but I, I just think there's a little bit of mojo going with Arizona State this year. Uh, and I love Josh Spence and Mike Leake as a one-two punch. So I'm going with the Sun Devils, Aaron, which I, I don't think they're the best team. But I don't think the best team always wins at Omaha. I think that's a bold pick, John. I commend you for being bold. Um, I'm going to take North Carolina, and, and I know that they're flawed. Okay, I know that they're not as good. I've, I've heard it all year long from everyone I've talked to uh, that they're not as good as they were last year or the year before that. I can accept that. They don't have the right-handed bats in the middle of the lineup. But here's what they do have. Dustin Ackley, Alex White, Adam Warren, Kyle Seeger, Mark Floyd, guys who've been to the College World Series before and performed. Um, I, I think that you talk about mojo. I mean, those guys have mojo, John. I mean, look what Alex White did in Omaha last year. Yeah, look what right Dustin Ackley has always done any any game he's ever played in college. I mean, these guys have mojo. These guys are winners, um, and and I think that they're due. You know, they've been to the the, the very doorstep of the national championship for three years in a row. You're right. Um, this is this is their last chance to do it. The window is going to close for a couple of years. The window is going to close after this year. Next year, there's going to be a relative rebuilding year in Chapel Hill. Um, they know what's at stake. Um, I just think they've got a, a certain swagger about this program right now, a certain self-assuredness. Um, and and I think I think you're going to see a guy like Matt Harvey and Alex White. Uh, I think those two guys are going to rise to the challenge in the postseason. I really expect both those guys to take off. 
Um, and and we and Adam Warren is, is pitched as, as as well as he ever has in his career last week uh, with the velocity up to 94. Um, I, I like I like their pitching staff a lot. They've got a shutdown guy in Brian Moran. They got a really good right-handed setup man in Colin Bates and an X factor in Nate Striz. Um, and I think offensively they're good enough. You know, if, if you're a lefty who can spin a good breaking ball, maybe they'll have some trouble. But um, Ackley and Seager can't hit lefties. Um, I think I think I'm going with North Carolina. Ackley and Seager can hit lefties, and I think you hit on a big factor for them is Adam Warren. That guy is underrated big time. When I, I'm I'm one of the ones guilty of underrating him. Um, but boy, if I had to pick one lefty who I wouldn't want to face if it was North Carolina, it'd be Josh Spence. That guy can spin two breaking balls. Yeah. And uh, change ups and spot his fastball, and uh, I just think that's a pitchability guy. Uh, that's the one guy North Carolina doesn't want to face. Uh, it's, it's too so bad they're not gonna. Too bad Arizona State's not gonna be in Omaha. Oh, we'll we'll see. <laughs> but if, but if that happens, if that happens, John, I'll tell you what. North Carolina's had some problems with Casey Harmon this year too, so uh, that's not a great matchup for him either. Yeah, Clemson. Clemson's. Uh, I'm. Uh, suffice it to say, I'm not there with young Clemson. I no, think Clemson's I, I know you're good. not, and I don't. I don't blame you. I, I, you know, if I weren't stubborn, maybe I wouldn't be either. But uh, I, I, um, I like Clemson's team. I just don't. I just can't love it. But uh, so, so neither of us are picking a team from the the right side of the bracket. Even though uh, that team has our number one, uh, our preseason number two, a team in Oklahoma that we both liked all year. Uh, we we had them highest on our preseason poll. And then a Fullerton team, I think we had, we had preseason top five and has been basically the top ten all year. I'm a little bit surprised that neither one of us picked a team out of that bracket. I, I, am taking, I am taking the Titans to win the right side of the bracket. Um, I'm taking you know, LSU. I, okay, fair enough. So I'm picking an Arizona State-LSU best of three and uh, a battle of former Notre Dame coaches, and I'm taking uh, Pat Murphy, and if they, especially if they laced them up in the gloves. Boy, I like I like Pat's chances there as a former uh, former uh, youth boxer. But uh, I hope Pat doesn't think I'm putting the ziggy on him here. But uh, I really I, I think I think Leak and Spence are the key to the whole deal. So, uh, but Aaron, uh, we just can't wait for it to get started up. I uh, can't wait to make sure that I saved this podcast correctly. And I really appreciate you making as much time as you had to make uh, to record this podcast. We look forward to reading your coverage of the OC regionals on the on the college blog this week. Thanks, John. I look forward to, to being there. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right. So for Aaron Fit, I'm John Manuel. We'll be back next week with more college podcast goodness here on the Baseball America po- College Podcast. For Aaron Fit, I'm John Manuel. Until next week, so long, everybody.